Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, Andy Hartbook. This I had no idea what was going on. He is a uh, well, he's a friend of most here at WEEI. We have a uh, sometimes contentious relationship. We welcome in the 150-pound whippersnapper from the NFL Network, our buddy Mike Giardi. Giardi, good afternoon. That was quite the intro. Um, let me just tell you, you said you have no, no idea what was going on. That's definition for your entire life. Part <laughs> two, John, your producer texted me and says, these guys suck going to break. And I said, they just suck, period. Oh, wow. Well, so, Jeez. Yeah, but we've heard you know, that before from you. That's not, you're at least, your first insult was funny. Well, the second one was true, so that. That doesn't mean it's funny, just like Bill Belichick. <laughs> like, technically, Mac Jones is day by day. Oh but but if I, uh, what did you make of uh, what we just uh, heard down there at Gillette Stadium an hour ago and the way this whole Mac thing has gone down? First of all, all-time performance by Belichick. Um, you know, no line will ever rival the uh, Mona Lisa Vito line, but it was close today. What do you want me to do, read the MRI? <laughs> like, that? that was... Up there, I'll tell you what, I think he enjoyed today. I think he was prepped for it. I think he knew how he was going to play it. I think he knew the day-by-day thing. I think it was a recreation of on to Cincinnati, boys. That's what I think that was. And um, that's all well and good. But on to Cincinnati, you still had Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and other important pieces. You're going into Green Bay without your quarterback, and you're not the same team. So we'll see if it proves to be as galvanizing as on to Cincinnati, but I, I doubt that is the case. I agree with you. It seemed like he enjoyed it today. Uh, how oh, yeah. much, how much longer will he enjoy it? If this plays out, how it could, if Brian Hoyer has to start multiple games and how many games should we be prepared to watch Brian Hoyer? Well, that's a great question. Obviously there's Thank been you. a lot of speculation about the, well, I just said that as a segue to, to get to my <laughs> more important answer. Bought, bought five um, seconds to think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, I, I think there's been a ton of speculation about what it is. And I know we love to put the timetable on it. It is a uh, significant high ankle sprain. That means there's torn ligaments involved. And obviously if you look at timetables, you can easily say anywhere between four to eight weeks just on past history of what you know of other players, but we don't know about Mac and we don't know how Mac heals. I kind of go back to what happened when Tyquan Thornton was hurt and they, you know, the, the timetable was all over the place. And someone just said to me who knew it was like eight ish weeks, eight ish. I'm like, eight ish. <laughs> what do I do with eight ish? And they're just like, we don't know the kid. We don't know how he heals. Like he could be Superman and he could heal, you know, in four weeks or he could be, like everybody else, and it takes longer. You just you have no idea. So we can go based on past history with other people and high ankle sprains, but you know I'm I'm loath to put a timetable on it. I just would say I, I'd be it would be an, a miracle to see him this week, and I think it would probably be miraculous to see him next week as well. Mike Giardi of NFL Network with Gresham Keith Hart is in for Keith, and Giardi joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. What will we learn about Matt Patricia? with Mac Jones not being the starting quarterback of the Patriots for at least a couple of weeks. Um, I don't know that we learn anything per se. I think what it does is it buys them more time. Um, And it it can change the narrative of what the season turns out to be 
and what the offense turns out to be if Mac misses significant time. And you can say, well, we were, you know, we're making progress. And you can look at the scoreboard and say seven in the first week, 17 in the second week, you know, 26 in the third week, you know, and I would say for two plus quarters, Mac was playing at a fairly high level. So, you know, if he's down for four to six or eight weeks, then, you know, it's an easy out. Like, well, we had to go to Hoyer. I mean, you guys all know what Hoyer is, right? I mean, so I think there's that part of it. And then I, part of me, like, if I'm a Pats fan, believer in Mac, like, I'd, I'd be worried about Brian's ability to sort of handle things. I think, you know, you look at the Kansas City thing, and obviously that sticks with a lot of people. You look at his record and not winning a lot of games. But there were times, and, and you know, Andy was there, where Hoyer was the better quarterback in the summer you know not every day but definitely a fair amount of days where you're like but he just seems to be handling things better and that's just experience and dealing with multiple coaches multiple offensive changes multiple voices in his ear whereas Mac is you know it was Alabama this is how we do things and then your first year it's Josh McDaniel tethered to you and this is how we do things and now it's obviously been a lot different this year. So there were some interesting comments from Michael Lombardi on the GM Shuffle podcast, former Patriots assistant, longtime fob, friend of Bill Belichick, where he declared that with the interceptions, maybe Mac was going down a road where he could just lose his job because of the turnovers. Any chance you think that is uh, a sourced opinion from Mike Lombardi, or is that just a guy who's in the hot take business now? I think anytime Mike talks about the Patriots, you have to uh, weigh it a little bit more than your normal hot take artists uh, because of his relationship, not just with Bill, but with other people on the coaching staff and in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can, I think he, there's a history of him sort of overstepping maybe uh, the bounds in terms of like, he just gets his mouth going. And then the next thing you know, that pops out. I think that was excessive. <laughs> I think that wasn't I don't think that part of it was sourced, but I think there's definitely a concerted effort to remind people that oh, the coaches are pretty good. And I would say, you know, just connect the dots as to where that's coming from. And this isn't, you know, we're doing a pretty good job. You know, the quarterback could play better. Any, quarterback could have played better all summer. Any chance that's tied into the injury in any way? And I, and, and I to, said to Gresh earlier that, one day you have Lombardi reminding the quarterback that maybe you're not quite on as solid footing as you think you are, uh, young whippersnapper, Pro Bowl rookie quarterback. And a day later, the coach is saying, day by day, is there any pressure to remind Mac that he probably should get back out there and start playing better as soon as possible because maybe he's not as locked in as he'd like to think he is? I cannot source this, but I would just say past history tells us absolutely they're squeezing him because absolutely they squeeze Everybody, they squeezed Jimmy. We went through that whole thing and yep. the way he was painted. But I mean, it, uh, there's there's a litany of examples. I I think I've told this story before, but just I remember in the Will Fork Seymour Ty Warren days. Warren was a was an All Pro type player one year, and then the next year he was really struggling early in the year. And I remember watching him saying he's only using one arm, and yet he's not on the injury report. And I asked him the question, and then the other two, Will Fork and Seymour jumped in on the conversation and they were angry, not at me, but at how Ty was being painted because Ty was taking heat. And they're like, they don't even, people don't realize how hurt he is. Right. And I'm like, well, I can see it. And if I can see it, then certainly the opposing coaches can see it. And I would be saying, I'm going to run the ball 
at Ty Warren all day because he's got one arm. And, you know, he took heat from fans and everything. Like, ah, he must have got became a fat cat. And meanwhile, he was playing with one wing. And I think they, they have long um, pushed their players to get back on the field. Mike Jardy of NFL Network with us. Uh, what is your read? What are you hearing on why Kendrick Bourne seems to have really fallen out of favor here? Uh, the, I mean, look, there was definitely there's definitely been some butting of heads with him and Matt Patricia, um, and I think that's I think that's been documented here over the last few weeks. And I would say that there is this fascination, as there was at times last year with Nikhil Harry, that they they think that they're outsmarting people by putting little Jordan Humphrey out there, and you know we can sort of morph between eleven and twelve person. Oh, you know, like little Jordan Humphrey's bounced around because he's a fringe NFL player, I, and I'm not trying to you know diminish him, but there, there's no comparison between him as a receiver and Kendrick Bourne as a receiver. And I'm not one who thinks Kendrick Bourne is, you know, uh, Hopkins or, you know, Julio Jones in his prime or whatever, which I think some people got carried away with over the last couple of weeks, but he's your twitchiest receiver and you have to find a way to get him out there. And, and look, the, the, it's clear the relationship that he and Mac have and the trust that's built there. And I think if your offense was struggling as it was the first few weeks, then why isn't he getting more snaps? Uh, and I think, again, that kind of goes back to, relationships and showing people who's in control. Mike, I uh, love playing radio, quote-unquote, and I get to play it all week thanks to Rich Keefe being out and having a beautiful young daughter uh, born this week. So I'm going to ask you my favorite question of the week. Is there a time period, a date, or a record for which you would cross that line and not bring Mac Jones back? For example, if you were, say, 2-8, and eight, when he's ready to come back, might you just say, this is the lost season. Let's get the top five pick and go back to work next year. Like the Bengals did. No, because I think you need to find more out about Mac. And I think, you know, you and I have had this conversation, Andy, where I thought he was pretty good all of last year and dealt with some adversity and did, you know, he, he had a lot of good moments, a lot more good moments than, than bad moments. And this summer has been disjointed and, you know, it carried over into the season and, I think you need more evidence about him. I think you want to see that he is the guy that you saw last year, um, especially because I believe that you're, this isn't a one-time thing with your coaches. I think Matt Patricia is your play caller for the foreseeable future, unless someone higher than Bill says that doesn't work for me anymore. Um, so, yeah, I think you got to play him when he's ready to play, you know, and I, and I think, knowing him and knowing people that know him, you know, despite all this, like, are they on the same page and does he want to take longer and all this nonsense that's been thrown out there? He wants to play because he feels, well, he's one of the leaders and he, this is what he does. And I think he feels obviously an obvious loyalty to the players on the team to be out there because he's their starting quarterback. Where's Waldo this weekend? They send you back to Cincinnati or anything? Like, do you have to hop on and be there tomorrow night? <laughs> You know, that was uh, that was very much in question. I was looking at flights. I was ready to pack and make a quick trip to Cincinnati, but our reporter did get out of Miami and got there in time. So, And believe it or not, I actually have no travel this weekend. We, we have the London game on Sunday, which means there is no Sunday morning show, which means there is no travel, which means your boy is going to be watching the Patriots Packers from his couch. Wow. Fantastic. Look at yeah. you. You're old. You'll be you'll be napping. You fall asleep in the <laughs> second quarter. I'll have I'll have Tostito chip crumbs all over me. The you know, the 
this maybe a little maybe a little coffee spilled on the chin. Yeah, I, I'll be out. Coffee they'll, or they'll beer? Be Come on, you're gonna be drinking. Uh, I'm not gonna say one way or the other on that one. Let's just let's, yeah. you know we'll we'll see what we'll see how the day progresses. And for NFL media, it's no alcohol. Are they the not year. allowed to drink during the year? What are we doing here? You're a man, aren't you? You're forty, aren't you? Jeez, have a beer. Forty. I'm 50? Old, I'm, 50? Yeah, forty was the forty was a long, long time ago, <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, at least I've resorted to coloring uh, my grays. Oh, yeah, I, I own it. I openly talk about it. What's the big deal? So if you own it, yeah, just go I, natural. That's what I. That's what I decided after a while. And then you know what's funny. <laughs> You know what's funny, Greg? Yeah. No, you know what's funny too that you you kind of go back and look at some of the pictures from five six years ago, and like I know people make fun of the you know the skunk head because they got the patch in the front there of the gray. The patch in the gray looks in the front looks way better than that colored black. Just ugh. No, nah, you don't have to go. Yeah. No, nah, do what I do. All you got to do is go with a certain color of brown. It's super easy. It's easy to do. For me, it's because I got the white Santa beard. Like, that's really what it is for me. I'll, if I'm coloring the whole beard, I'll just mix it in my hair to kind of cover that part of it up. But, yeah, no shame in that. I'm just going gray. We're aesthetically, we have to be aesthetically pleasing when we're on television. Do we? Do you want to oh, be a DILF? Is that what you're shooting for here? Oh, I'm trying when to have keep... you ever wait, 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 wait. When have you ever, ever been aesthetically pleasing? Listen, brother, <laughs> I have convinced enough people to at least get some checks from TV that I am. So I, I'm riding that. You know how it is. We ride it as long as we can, for God's sakes. And that's really what it all yeah. comes down to. If I, you work and you work with all these young. See, you don't have to worry about that because every freaking player that retires gets a stint. It's like a, 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 it used to be the joke when I worked at Sirius that everybody who got a, a phone automatically got Mike Leach's phone number because he gave a great interview. At the NFL, it's automatic that when you retire, you at least get two weeks in NFL Network. It's true. So you get all these young people, old people rolling through. And then there's Giardis standing with a raincoat in the middle of Green Bay thinking about what have I done with my life? <laughs> wow. That, that, that thought definitely crosses my mind more than more than you would ever know. <laughs> hey, thank you, brother. We appreciate you. Good intel. Good catching up again, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, guys. Take it easy. There Thanks, Mike. Go. There goes Mike Giardi of uh, NFL Network. He is very much a uh, favorite of uh, of all of ours here. Indeed.